Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. I hope everyone had a meaningful and uh, enjoyable Tishrei. It was definitely uh, an exciting month, um, but now it's time to look towards what happens after all of those high holidays. And something big that's on the Jewish calendar, really all around the world, is called the Shabbos Project. Now, if you haven't heard, uh, since it made its world debut last year, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, there was an idea that actually originated from a secular um, Wall Street Journal reporter, a secular Israeli named Dan Ariely. This is a story that's not told very much, and I think it should be told more because I think it just sort of makes the the project, the initiative, so fascinating of where it originated from. And he, Dan, Dan Ariely, I've been reading his col uh, column for years in the Wall Street Journal. I had no idea that he was Jewish or Israeli. Uh, he's a social psychologist. And he had this question, if a Jew was going to just keep one mitzvah and one mitzvah only, what would be the one to choose? What would be the most impactful? So he asked this question to the chief rabbi of Israel and then again to the chief rabbi of England. And both of them independently told him that if a Jew were to keep only one mitzvah, that mitzvah to keep would be Shabbos. And the reason why is that because Shabbos is so life-altering and so impactful that um, once a Jew would keep one Shabbos, it would start to, I guess, sort of inspire him and trickle into other parts of his Jewish being and ignite him in, uh, you know, in profound ways. So um, he approached the uh, chief rabbi of South Africa, and he told them that he wanted to run a social experiment in his country. Now, South Africa is a pretty traditional uh, Jewish community, if you're not familiar with it. Um, the majority of the community is not Shomer Shabbos, but the majority does uh, belong to Orthodox synagogues, and they do send to day schools, they have Shabbat meals, they keep kosher homes. It was a good place to start because it was already a pretty connected community. And so they had this idea, could they get the entire country to keep one Shabbos together? And so the video that I saw around a year and a half ago was of these people in South Africa talking about keeping their first Shabbos, and it was mind-blowing. Um, people, you know, were so touched, and it's not like everyone, you know, went off and became, you know, these Orthodox Jews the next day, but um, they were connecting with something that had kind of gotten lost, had not been part of their lives or their Jewish experience up until that, living entire lives without ever keeping one full Shabbos in its entirety. And they had about, I think, 90% of the country um, keeping that Shabbos together. And because of the way South Africa is set up, or so I'm told, um, kind of the Jewish uh, communities are sort of like little ghettos, like everyone uh, connected to each other. And so they closed off roads, and they had challah baking in the street on Thursday night and, you know, big Shabbos meals happening, you know, and people outdoors. It's, you know, everyone has these, um, you know, gardens there, um, or so I'm told. And, um, and so it was really uh, life-changing. And when it went so well there, um, it was actually the chief rabbi's wife, Gina, who suggested that they, um, they try it for the whole world. Different countries, they had seen how great it had gone in South Africa. And, you know, this country said, how about my country? And that country said, how about my country? And um, Gina Goldstein said, well, why don't we try for the whole world? And it's so big and so audacious and such really a ridiculous idea to try to get all of world Jewry to do something together at the same time. Um, and I think that's what makes it so wonderful. And so last year was the first worldwide Shabbos. Um, it was uh, Parshas Noach. It was the Shabbos after, um, you know, uh, all the holidays had ended. Um, and this year, the Shabbos project is uh, October 23rd and 24th. So it's coming up um, rather soon. And I thought to um, 
kind of illustrate, you know, how impactful and life-changing this initiative is for people that were involved with it, we would bring on a couple people um, who participated in the Shabbos project last year. And so our first guest is joining us from all the way on the other side of the world um, in Melbourne, Australia. His name is uh, Kieran or Yakir. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you are 15 and in high school, am I correct? Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. I'm actually 16 now. I was 15 when I moved down, but I'm, yeah, I'm 16 and I'm studying high school here. Got it. Okay. And, and uh, Kieran Fraser in, in Melbourne, Australia. So um, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about how did your family um, first hear about the Shabbos Project? How did you get involved? So over the course of last year, I started going to show a little bit more. My family is also a very traditional family, originally South African. That's where it comes from. Um, and I was Wait, originally, originally from Umsted, South African. So my mom's my mom's South African. I was born there. We moved when I was very, very young. But got it. So um, I was just in Australia like a few months ago, and I was told there's a large there's a large South African population in Australia. Correct? Yeah, and where I was living, I was living in Brisbane, which is up in Queensland. There's a very small Jewish community, but there's actually quite a few South Africans, got and it. they go to shul on Friday nights. Got it. So, so you were, more, you were going to shul more often. And the rabbi was. Oh, sorry. So you were going to shul more often. Just kind of, I'm saying, did anything trigger the going to shul more often, or you just were kind of getting a little more into your Judaism, or? Yeah, I was. Um, I'm not sure. The rabbi started to invite me for meals sometimes, and I just started really enjoying it over mm-hmm. the course of last year. So I decided I would start going a little bit more on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So, um, for sure, tried out, and it was yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I kept on going more and more. So. Like, once every, let's say, two Shabbatim, I would go to, I would go to shul on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So, once every two weeks. About, Had you ever kept a full Shabbos before? 25 hours, unplugged, all, the whole shebang? No, never. I had once, not once, sorry, when I was learning Bar Mitzvah, I would keep from about 10 to 11 until the end of Shabbos, 10 to 11 a.m. until the end of Shabbos. I would go to my bar mitzvah teacher's house. Mm-hmm. So I'd be keeping them, but I never kept a full Shabbat before. Did you have any um, any uh, preconceived notions about what keeping an entire Shabbos would be like, or of the people that kept Shabbos strictly? Well, I would uh, honestly. I was thinking it would be very boring. Um, I like I'm I'm the kind of guy that needs to be doing something. I can't just sit around doing nothing all day. And yeah. I assumed because you can't use your computer or your phone, you can't watch TV. There would be nothing to do. We'd just be well. There's nothing else to do in life, right? Yeah, doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so you sort of thought that the people that um, kept Shabbos every week were like had the boringest existence. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I was. Yeah, I would. I, I was not. Yeah, I was not interested in. Um, Keeping a full Shabbos because I knew I wouldn't be able to, wouldn't be able to keep it, wouldn't be able to do it. I I was not raised Shomer Shabbos right. either, and I have distinct memories of just feeling so sorry for Orthodox Jews. You know, sorry for them keeping kosher, sorry for them keeping Shabbos. They were missing out on all the great things that I got to do, and um, I think people really have this idea that being Shomer Shabbos, you're kind of just like staring at a wall all day. So fine. So you did it for, you know, um, part of, part of the Shabbos, but never a full thing. So what, what about the Shabbos project when you heard that this was going to be a thing? What made you think 
that you're going to give it a try, even though a guy like you who likes to do enjoyable stuff, like why would you want to give it a try? Well, I wanted to give it a try because it's it's once one time in a whole year. You can you can you can try it and see how you like it. You, I said, okay, so I'll suffer for the day. I'll suffer the day to try it out. This is what the rabbi does every week. Um, yeah, and also everyone else is doing it. So I'm not the only I'm not the only one that's missing out on everything. There's so many other people that are keeping shabbos. So it's it's a it's a feeling of community. You're you're part of something. So yeah. So it started spreading. So the good kind of peer pressure. Okay, woohoo! So, um, so the Shabbos yeah, project. Exactly. So the Shabbos of the Shabbos project came. So, like, can you walk us through kind of what it felt like when you kind of went into Shabbos mode, going off to shul? Did it kind of feel like? I remember the first Shabbos that I was keeping. I almost felt like, um, um, like I'm kind of a faker. Like I remember walking to shul for the first time and watching all the cars passing by me and thinking like, I'm not really one of these people. I'm just pretending for this weekend. Next weekend, I'll be on the car with you. Like, did you have any sort of feelings of like, this isn't really me? Or did it feel like a natural fit? Or um, To be honest, I, I didn't actually feel so um, like, so like a, a, a faker because uh, I, I was used to going to the rabbi for meals now, uh, by then, and I, I already felt like I was a part of the family almost mm-hmm. when I was when I was there at least. So I felt comfortable, and um, like yeah, um, driving because we I don't live we we never lived near shul, so we used to drive to and from shul. I mm-hmm. guess the the big difference was going to shul so early, and. When I, and then um, when I was going to show, I was still seeing cars driving on Shabbos, and I was thinking, "What? It's a Shabbos project. How can they be? How can they be not keeping Shabbos?" But then I yep. thought, "Wait, that's me every single week." Right. And so I guess I I was kind of feeling a bit um, different, actually. Yeah, Is a it- bit out of place. Mm-hmm. Did was there any but, um, sort of positive feeling that you noticed? Um, throughout the Shabbos or by the time the Shabbos ended or by the time the next Shabbos came, was there any part of you that you felt somehow changed or impacted or? Well, one thing for sure, I, I, I um, learned that Shabbos is actually very enjoyable because I really, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed keeping Shabbos. Like I, like I didn't think I would. I, I made a friend there. There was a boy from Sydney who came out, who came up for the Habdallah concert. And he was my age, and he's religious, and I don't know, he seems so normal, but he's religious, and he keeps Shabbos every week. And he was telling me how, like, great, like, how great it is, and how, like, I should, I've got such a passion, he sees that I should be going to a school like Yeshiva, whatever. So I, I did something, I don't know, something ignited in me, I guess, that made me want to do more after, um, after that Shabbos. But immediate change, there was no immediate change, though. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a change. That, so this guy was telling you that you should go to yeshiva, and so what happened after that? So after that, I spent a few more weeks thinking about it. Um, I didn't keep any more Shabbosim, but I did continue my regular Kodeshul on Friday night, sometimes did at the rabbis. Um, but I decided one week, I don't know what made me do it, but I decided I would email Yeshiva College in Melbourne, which is a religious, um, it's a Chabad school in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I decided, th- this boy didn't go to that school, but I decided anyway I would email him just to see, uh, just to see what it's about. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I don't fully remember what happened. I just, I don't know where I emailed them and I started emailing the school and yeah, I, I guess eventually I ended up, I ended up moving down alone, but I, yeah, um, it, it wasn't immediate. It was a it was a slow thing, and then one week, so, yeah, I just decided to email them. Wait, so sorry, what was the last bit that you said? I I I emailed I emailed Yeshiva College because of what the what the boy from Sydney said. His name's Eliyahu. Eli. Yeah. He um he told me that I should go to Yeshiva College, and I ended up actually a few weeks later emailing emailing the school inquiring about Yeshiva College because I remembered what he said. And I decided I'd give it a shot, see what it, see what the school's about. Okay. And then. Everything, yeah. And then, um, I was I was emailing the school, uh, asking people about it. And a few months later, I was <laughs> doing exams for the school, um, entrance exams. Um, I, I don't fully I don't fully remember what happened because it was, I don't know, it was about a year ago, but. I ended up eventually um, finding a homestay family and moving down, moving down across the country. Because mm. there's no Jewish school where I was from in Brisbane, but this yeshiva college is in Melbourne. Mm. So I, I'm I moved. Wow. So and so now you go yeah. to a, a Orthodox high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I I I found a homestay family. My first homestay family that I stayed at wasn't religious, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want to. I didn't know. I didn't want to first out like go straight into a religious family and be. Like, I know it would be a bit of a culture shock. Sure. But I stayed for a few months with a non-religious family. But yeah, I moved. I moved interstate to Melbourne, which and is have, have you much, kept more more shabbos? I, I, I since... grew up pretty much. Sorry. Oh, I'm saying, have have you kept more Shabbases since you switched to the school? Yeah, so I I started in I think June this year. Started living with an Orthodox family. I started keeping Shabbos in about April every single week, hmm. and it's just been a constant rise from there, and like all originating with that with the Shabbos project. Hmm. So I'm keeping Shabbos, keeping kosher. Um, yeah. Just, so, yeah. did you know this, kipper, that, that, that you were part of a social experiment? <laughs> Sorry. Did you hear what I had said in the intro that that the Shabbos project originated with a social experiment to see if one Shabbos would impact the Jew in a profound way? Had had you heard the backstory of it? I, I, I never heard. I never heard the backstory. I, I I was listening to that. And I thought it was extremely interesting because um, I'd also say that because they say that. Doing a mitzvah leads to more mitzvahs, yeah. and it's just such—it's such an amazing idea. Um, just like I don't know—I I, never—I never knew there was such a backstory. I thought. Um, I, I think the story needs to get told more because um, I think some people look at it as like this sort of outreachy thing, trying to you know kind of hook secular Jews into our way of life. I think. Um, to look at it, that it came from a secular Jew who was curious if 
I think he was curious to find out if this idea that mitzvah goreres mitzvah, one mitzvah leads to another, is really true. And if these rabbis on their own independently said that Shabbos is the most impactful, what would happen if you um, gave that opportunity to Jews? Would would it change them? So I guess we have at least one out of one case uh, with your story that it, it was, uh, you know, ignited something. It was a huge impetus for you to um, rediscover your heritage. And um, we thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your story with our listeners today. For someone who isn't sure if they would be up for hosting, you know, a, a neighbor or a coworker, um, or for someone who isn't sure if they should give the Shabbos project a chance, who's never done a Shabbos before, who still thinks it's the most boring thing ever, do you have any words of advice for them about why the person should take the chance to host, why the person should take the chance to experience a Shabbos? I'd say a person who's never experienced a Shabbos before, they are definitely missing out completely. It's, it's, the, it's the one thing I look forward to every single week. I'd, I'd actually suggest they find a family that's hosting, um, fa- family that's hosting a meal, which I, I know you can do through the Shabbos project. There's, every, there's so many people that are having meals, inviting people over. Go have a meal, try it out. It's 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 really beautiful. Everyone getting together and putting up a chair, um, yeah, coming together for a Shabbos meal, and it's it's really not as boring as it seems. Shabbos, so. Yeah, That'll be the tagline, Shabbos, not as boring as it seems. No, but but actually quite meaningful and quite impactful. What I'll say is that my kids, <laughs> what we end up doing every week is stuff that we only get forced to do because the devices are turned off. So, like, we pull out board games and decks of cards and, like, you know, books on paper and um, things that we yeah, it's have. Yeah, amazing. Some, we've somehow found a way to do everything um, electronic for the other six days a week. And then when those electronics go away, we connect with things that we touch and things that are real. And we, I think, sort of, I don't know, sort of interact with the world in a more real way than, than we do otherwise. Well, Yakir, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, we wish you a lot of Hatzlacha um, for the rest of your, uh, you know, time in your Jewish studies in Yeshiva. And, um, we, uh, you know, hope that uh, you have inspired people all around the world now to uh, to give this Shabbos project a try on October 23rd, 24th. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. And have a good Shabbos. And next up, for calling in from Israel, we have Rabbi Nissan, who uh, headed up the Shabbos project in Israel. And this was his first Shabbos ever that he kept with his family. Rabbi, thanks so much for joining us today. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. So, um, if you could let me know, like, um, how did you get involved with the Shabbos project last year? You know, in Israel, um, there are a lot of lot of seculars that, although they don't like the religion, they like the tradition. And um, for me, I, I'm that kind of person that you know. For, on one hand, I don't keep the Shabbat as it said. I'm I'm using electricity. I'm driving with my car. But I do uh, do uh, uh, Shabbat dinners. I do uh, light candles. I do sometimes in holidays uh, go to synagogue. So um, for me, it was uh, something that I never experienced. We went all the campaign managers together with our family, including uh, Sefi Shaked, that was uh, and still my partner in the Shabbat project. And um, we went with all of our families to the one hotel in Jerusalem, 
and uh, we said that we won't gonna use any screens. We're gonna do it as a real Jewish traditional uh, Shabbat and trying to enjoy this present that is called Shabbat by not being busy with uh, business stuff and uh, not watching TV and not using our cell phones. And it was amazing. It was the supper was much longer than usual. And then came the stories and the singing. And then we went to sleep and wake up in the morning and went to breakfast. And then we went for a walk and then we played with the kids. And then we came to have a nap and it was over. It was perfect. <laughs> so can I ask you, what, what had your impression been of Shabbat before the Shabbos project? Like you like some of the traditional aspects of it, but what do you think about all those details of the electricity and the driving? And look, the Jews all around the world, even if they're seculars, um, they don't feel that their religion is forcing them anything. So uh, they're much more kind towards the religion. In Israel, uh, Shabbat, for a lot of people, had memories of uh, people throwing stones in the streets on every running car, or uh, a lot of the team shouting Shabbos at you and uh, circling your car. And um, there is a little bit of... Uh, no, people like the Shabbat, but they don't like being told what they can do and what they can't do. So all of our... Uh, the, the way we try to get to the seculars last year and this year is not by telling him not what not to do, because it's desperating to see that um, you can't do this and you have to, uh, you can't say, oh, turn on the light and you can't and you can't and you can't. We were trying to tell them what you can do. Hmm. And by that, they will understand that it's time to do uh, different things. Like instead of playing uh, like you're used to in your smartphone or watching TV, here are a list of games, here are a list of activities that you can do. You know, we took uh, the um, uh, Boy Scouts of uh, Israel, and they're going to do a lot of activities with the children to show them, you know, old school games. And uh, I think that when you come to the secular... Stuff, stuff that people don't do anymore, right? I'm saying, like, on, on, on Shabbos in my house, we take out packs of cards and board games that we don't touch otherwise. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no one plays with these old, like, fashion games anymore, right? Nobody does it, and it's a, a great opportunity for us to relive our childhood by trying to show our children the games that we grew up with, but if there wasn't uh, this Shabbat, we wouldn't be able to uh, uh, do it for them. So it, it was fantastic, because I was forced to use my imagination and my memory to, um, you know, relive my childhood, and I, I found the three stones and the hide-and-seek and a, a, a lot of... Lot of uh, small stuff that we had that our children that are used to always playing with all the digital uh, games were fascinated by how you can get so happy with so little. Hmm. We, we become lazy with the technology. It just makes us so complacent and lazy. And when you're forced to put that away, same with my kids. And sometimes I feel like, am I just the worst mother ever that everyone is on a screen so much during the week? And then on Shabbos, because the devices are away, they're forced to make forts and they're forced to play games and there's no other option but find another way to fun and somehow we can't convince them to do that for the rest of the week. So what? how old are your children and what do they think of Shabbat? Um, my children, I have two boys, 
there are nine years and seven years. Uh, and you see, I can't ex- exactly explain to you uh, what it's like to, because people think that in Israel there are Datiim that wear the kippah and the tzitzit and go to the Knesset every day and keep all the mitzvot. And there are seculars that are pork eaters. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not true. You have many layers. Most of the Israelis really like the Masoret, the tradition of Israel. And most of the seculars do all the holidays, as it says. They're doing the Shulchan of Rosh Hashanah and the Pesach and each Hanukkah and Shavuot and every holiday. And we're building a sukkah. And um, I'm reading to them Parashat Shavua, all the things that might interest them uh, from the things that I... But basically, that's it. So for them, it was it wasn't something that was totally out of this world that they never seen. They know that uh, we have Judaism inside us, but it was being with uh, people that are religious. Some of our campaign managers, so, such as Asaf Asi and Avi Kraus, uh, they run the Facebook uh, campaign. They both are uh, religious, and they brought their children. And it was very nice to see because their children taught my children the games and my children taught their children games. It was great bonding that I can't believe that we could have done without this project. Mm. And it's, you know, for me, I'm a creative person. I come from advertising. So for me, I like new stuff. I like new experiences. Um, I'm very curious. So for everyone that is curious, I think it was a great opportunity to come without any prejudice, just to try it, to take something. I heard a lot of, uh, um, of a lot of people that just didn't answer the uh, phone. And some other guys that for, like, uh, years they haven't made a family dinner with all the expanded family and done it. So it was, Shabbat has full of presents. You can choose to take them all and you can choose to take some of them. Amazing. And after you had this amazing uh, Shabbat with the Shabbos project, is this something that you gave a try any other time throughout the year? Yes. Since then, I have to tell you that I don't watch TV anymore since uh, last year on uh, Shabbat. Okay? Hmm. Uh, It used to be the day that uh, my wife and I would sit and, you know, catch up with all the series. Okay? Yeah, and doing uh, one season after the other, but uh, since then, uh, I I don't uh, I don't watch TV, and I if it's not emergency, I don't uh, even look at my cell phone. Hmm. Uh, I took it as a chance. I'm I'm not looking at it as a religious uh, thing. I, I I understood the gift by giving me the pause in life yeah. that I want once a week. Yeah. I sleep much more, I read much more, I, I'm totally uh, concentrated with my kids. I don't think that I will take it any further by, um, um, for now by not driving because I like to go to, to um, travel all around Israel and uh, I like to do it with my family. So I don't know if it will go further, but I understood the gift of Shabbat and I'm, I'm going to use it as much as I can. It's amazing. You know, I spoke to some, I've heard a lot of positive feedback. I spoke to someone who, unfortunately, from a non-Orthodox movement in America, a rabbi, who was very angry about the Shabbos project. This was some ploy of the religious to make everyone religious. Um, 
but your experience seems to speak differently. There's no one that told you how much or how little after you've experienced it. You got to decide what parts you wanted to take with you, what parts you wanted to leave behind to do your own exploration. Do you have anything to, to say to respond to the person that thinks that this is just some way to start roping um, secular Jews into a religious lifestyle? Uh, look, in Israel, there's a lot of hypocrisy because, uh, you know, the ones that shout the most are the most shallow ones. If you sure. see and you'll come to the to the center of Tel Aviv, you know, to the temple of seculars, you know how many classes you will find at night of seculars coming to study Judaism? Hmm. And they're doing it with somebody that comes and uh, he doesn't care if they're boys uh, or girls uh, or mixed together. And he tells them the wisdom of the Torah without uh, um, putting all... And, and people are curious. The seculars are proud of their being Jews. But, you know, every time there is a secular government, it makes rules. And then comes a minister from, uh, from the religious and turn it all over. So the seculars, they don't like the politicization they do with the Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I don't care what uh, people think. You know, uh, every time, every time, some good organization. You know, Rabbi Goldstein, I think is a gift to earth. I tell you why. I know how much hustle it is to do this project, especially all around the world, and I know how many hours he spends the day, and I know how many people were laughing at the beginning and telling them, "Yeah, the Messiah will come if all the Jews will keep where one there," and and he didn't break. And I and I heard this. But I have to tell you, in the last year, we didn't get even, and it's Israel, people here are so full of, um, uh, you know, being cynical and everything, but we didn't get even one bad comment, even Mm. one. We were expecting, and we didn't get even one. It was like Mm. all the seculars were hiding in the closet, and they were waiting for somebody positive to come from abroad, smile at them, and tell them, give me your hand. And they were willing to give. There were 80,000 seculars signing up in our uh, Facebook page in two months. Wow. It's amazing. It's, uh, it, nobody uh, gets these numbers in Israel. Hmm. What about with the, the increase in violence that we've unfortunately been seeing in Israel? D- does something about, I, I'm thinking about this now, this idea of everybody stopping and doing this act together of achdut, of unity, seems to me like a sort of a powerful response to uh, this attacking from our enemies. Does that, have you thought about that at all, how that might uh, relate to the Shabbos project? Look, keeping it together, as we think about it, is the secret of the Jewish people throughout the history, okay? Every time things are getting bad, our, our ability to unite together and to hold hands and to wait until the wave will go and uh, um, and doing this uh, around the Torah and the tradition of being uh, Jews, I think that that's what saved us throughout the years, okay? Because there were a lot of uh, nations that, uh, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And uh, the keeping it together, I, I think, by no mistake, he, he found uh, the right name for the project because that's our secret. Now, you know... Um, every year we have a situation like that in Israel. It's not like uh, we, were, we were we were surprised that in the middle of the uh, campaign uh, there is a terror attack. 
always um, situations like that makes the Israelis and the Jews uh, want to be together, okay? But mm -hmm. from what we want to do and we want to emphasize that we're not, we don't have any political um, stand here. It's not that we want to say, you know, as the right wing says, everybody is against us, look, all, all the world wants to kill us, and you know, and uh, this, no. We're saying in hard times, it's even the, the warmth of the Shabbat is even stronger when it's hard time. So our way to show the world that we're not going to break and we're united and they can't divide us is to do an act, simple act of unity. And it can be keeping the Shabbat. That's it. It's not that we're trying to tease the world or we want to say something political. We'll come in good aim. Okay, amazing. Robbie, thank you so much for your time. We're actually out of time, but please check out theshabbosproject.org, October 23rd, 24th. Um, thank you for your time and your inspirational story, and uh, I hope this year we'll unite even more people through the power of Shabbos. See you here, same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.